Okay, so we left people with a cliffhanger last week about you and the movies. Even if it's not a movie, it's just going to be a movie. How is the world of movies going? The world of TV is going uh, is going really well. It's been an awful lot of fun. I've really, really enjoyed it. Being on set has been incredible. Such a, com- a completely different experience. Really applying my sort of expertise and skills in a totally different way. And yeah, it's been really fun. I mean, we're starting now to tackle some of the big tennis playing scenes. We've done a lot of the drama bits of it which is not really so much to do with me um so I haven't been there for that but now the big (laughs) we've done one big tennis playing scene we've got two more left to to really try and nail so it's um yeah it's it's incredibly challenging um I have to choreograph points which I'm not gonna lie I thought was gonna be pretty straightforward and uh you know just be like I'll just whack something together forehands and backhands how hard can it be and actually it's really difficult because you have to take into consideration camera positions where they're going to be on the court at what time um trying to keep points varied um like if it's a long point I think our longest point was about 14 shots long so you know, trying to make sure that it's interesting all the time, but you don't want to go over the top. Um, trying to show off, I have to work to the actor's skills because, of course, they are not professional tennis players, but they have shots they're very, very good at. They have elements of their game that they struggle with as well. So trying to work to both actors' strengths. Um, I also have tennis playing body doubles that then come in and replace them for certain shots so that we have the combination if there's any bits that you know look a bit off we can use the body double it's an incredibly complex thing and putting together even just a well, I mean maybe a four or five shot rally is, is fairly straightforward so the bulk of them are sort of that length but to do a longer one um to choreograph it was a, an awful lot of work um took a bunch of rehearsing and just planning and then I thought oh, I'll change it on the day but then <laughs> That wasn't going to work because they had just remembered it as it was and it was just going to be too confusing. Um, But, you know, huge credit because in terms of like the scene that we would film, you would film sort of... um they played three points in a row and they just rolled through the whole thing. It's a lot to remember. Three full points, plus they're going to act in between the points. There's acting in and around it as well. There's some dialogue. And the third point was the 14-shot rally. So, yeah, it's unbelievably impressive. I mean, to be honest, I couldn't remember it. And I had it written down in front of me, every shot of every rally. Um, (laughs) But they were so, so good. So, yeah, it's been really, really fun. Um, The attention to detail is like nothing else I've experienced. But, um, yeah, very, very cool. So we've got two more big scenes to go. And uh, and then then that's the bulk of it done. (laughs) I was going to say what's been the most challenging thing, but it feels like there's been quite a few challenges for you to deal with because you're taking people that may never have picked up a racket for the actors, I guess, and you've got to make them look like, even with body doubles, you've got to make them look like professional tennis players. Yeah, in a very, very short space of time, I have to say. And we had some that were sort of very good club players, some that have never played before, never done any sport at all in, in any regard. Um, so everybody was starting from a really different point. Some people have had a few weeks to really try and, and hone their skills. Other people have had a few months, but really it's just not long enough. So we have to sort of do what we can. So you know, for example, something like the serve is always going to be a monumental challenge yeah it's the the level of coordination required for somebody who's not been playing tennis and they've only had a couple of months it's just absolutely huge and I should say that we're doing 
a lot of it's shadow swinging because um, you know actually hitting the ball it, it causes so many issues because one of the, the the number one difficulty for beginners playing tennis is the relationship between you and the ball and trying to track the ball, trying not to get too close to it. It's, it's impossible. So let alone sort of trying to develop a swing that's smooth. So we decided to just take that out of the equation so they will not be hitting the ball <laughs> so that they can just concentrate on looking professional and learning the moves uh, and that sort of thing. Look, some of them are good enough that they will hit shots. We'll probably do individual feeds, but they absolutely can deliver a forehand and you're like, yeah, it looks great. Like that's, that's, perfect um a lot of them move incredibly well so as i say they all have strengths and weaknesses they've got parts of their game that will look brilliant and i'm like i wouldn't change a thing you look like a professional uh and then parts where you know of course it's it's not but uh the serve is of course very very challenging but that's where we've got fabulous tennis playing doubles to step in and, <laughs> and help them with some serving so yeah i mean so far so good it's uh, but yeah it's challenges everywhere i mean also you know you're working on a set you know, these aren't necessarily just tennis courts. It's a, it's a set. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's very cool. I'm glad you just put the word set in. I know I keep calling it a movie. Now, we, uh, we're always going to record the pod today because the US Open draw is out. I got a message for you. It, it was a really glamorous message. I was out for my run because I'm up in Manchester this week working on a, a news programme for Five Live called Drive, which has been great fun. But I got a message from you saying, I've been called on to set. And that was such that was such a cool message to get. So it's going to continue. <laughs> it's going to continue to be a movie in my mind. But you've been called to set. But we were we were desperate before everything goes really crazy with traveling and the US Open to talk about this US Open draw. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Three headlines I'm just going to throw out there are Angelique Kerber's pregnant. Yes. Petra Kvitova's engaged. Yes. So congratulations, congratulations. And Novak Djokovic, as I think we all knew, at the kind of 11th hour before the draw, will not be going to New York because he can't go to New York. Yeah, there was a time probably a couple of months ago when we thought, well, maybe the rules might be changed. There's time for that to happen. It's the summer. Things tend to be more relaxed in the summer. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, as I say, it wasn't, that was a, a small chance. It was always most likely he wasn't going to be able to play. So he knew that, we knew that. And uh, yeah, just waiting for, for the announcement really. So it wasn't that much of a surprise. No, it, no. Um, where do, you, do you want to start with women or men? I'm giving you the choice. Let's go women's. Women. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to go bottom to top. Okay, right. And we're going to yeah. go bottom to top because in the bottom, we've got Serena Williams. And that was the first sort of headline. We've got this thing called sort of the PAYs. And you get all the news flashes. And there was a flash earlier in the day that says, Novak Djokovic pulls out of US Open. I was like, not surprised. But then it was Serena Williams drawn Danka Kovanic in the first round of the US Open. And that's that's the big line because this is the farewell tour of Serena Williams. And before we look at that draw, the one thing now, I don't get to to New York till Saturday night. A lot of our friends and colleagues are there. I've seen I don't know if you've seen these videos, but this looks like a very different Serena Williams in practice at Flushing Meadows than we've seen in the last few weeks. Well, this is sort of what I was saying last time is that she's been playing those tournaments so she can get matches. There's clearly a plan. There's clearly a determination to not just turn up to the US Open and, and wave goodbye, but to play well and win matches. And if she plays well, she can beat 
Danka Kovinic in the first round. And I think that is very much her intention. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was the the thing that we were talking about, I think, or I was saying after Wimbledon, was like if she'd have just turned up with a bit more training, she would have won that match. And then who knows what happens? You know, you get a bit of momentum, you have the experience that she does. You you don't know how it, uh, it ends up. But yeah, she's at the very, 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 almost the very, very bottom of the draw playing Danka Kovinic. And if she wins that, potentially Annette Kontovit, the second seed. Now she's working Serena Williams with Renee Stubbs who's sort of joined her coaching team and one of the changes seems to be that Renee Stubbs has sort of got her practicing against top 10 players because normally as we know Serena Williams has a hitting partner and they kind of keep to themselves but she's playing with Maria Zachary and just a different approach and it it seems like quite a sensible approach to be playing against these players who are at the top of their game and who she might come across depending where she gets to in the draw. The game moves on and it moves on at a rapid pace, even just a year out of the game. And when players come back there, they have to catch up. Um, You can't just go back to what you were doing before. And it's the same for Serena Williams. She's not exempt from that. So I think practicing with those sorts of players um, is important. She needs to be on court with them. She needs to play matches against them. She needs to see what's what's going on. Zachary right at the uh, the top of the game. Will this be Zachary's slam? I don't know. I feel. I mean, she's got to win a slam at some point, hasn't she? I mean, she's just got to. I know that there's this element of her game that's not quite aggressive enough. Um, and that's sort of what just gets the better of her in the end. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, she's got to do it at some point, hasn't she? Maybe this is the one. You know what? I don't even want to get to predictions because I, I, at this point I'm considering not giving a prediction because I genuinely, I don't think, I know we're only in the bottom quarter, I don't think there's a favourite in the women's draw. I, I genuinely, there is not one person now that stands out above anyone else. Not one at all. Not one person that I would put above anybody else. There's, there's been some who've been in form, some who haven't, some who should come into form, some who should do well, some who haven't been doing well, some who aren't seed. I, I mean, it just, I, I don't know. Look, we're only at the, the very beginning of this, but I was, I was thinking about this last night. And there is, normally you get someone, you think someone, you know, Roland Garros, it was very obvious, Igish Fiance, Wimbledon, there was, a, there was a small handful, although the person who won wasn't in my small handful. But there was still a small handful of people here. I cannot separate anybody from anybody but look Serena Williams she'll grab the headlines for as long as she's in the tournament and that you know that she's she's got a run of players who of course they're difficult but they're a run of players who are not necessarily in form Annette Kontovit who's the second seed not necessarily in form then Trevisana Mukova then possibly Leila Fernandez last year's finalist or Barbara Krichikova who's still coming back from injury then it's Anjibura Daria Kasatkina that is not the worst I'm not saying she's going to make it through that but in terms of looking at a draw that is not the worst draw in the world for Serena Williams it's not but I fancy Fernandez out of that section I must say um she's obviously defending her final from last year I I would love a Fernandez Williams that would be fourth round wouldn't it fourth round yes um I yeah I'd love to see that I think that would be fabulous but I think for Fernandez she's very good I mean she's done it once to be fair but I think she's very good <laughs> at um at defending because uh, she has won two titles and they both came in oh, I'm gonna say Monterey I don't have it in front of me but I believe it was Monterey uh, and she did defend that title um after not winning an awful lot so I think that she's gonna come back and I think she's gonna be very very buzzy I think she's got a pretty decent draw um she can work her way in have a big match against possibly Serena it might be somebody else you never know and um yeah so I think she's probably the big 
big threat from that section. But you're right, you're right. This could have been an awful lot worse for Serena. But then her draw could have been an awful lot, lot worse at Wimbledon, to be fair. I don't know if you yeah, would have said yeah. that Harmony Town was a big threat. I don't think anybody expected her to lose, even coming in on low low practice like that. But she got sucked into a physical battle and the physicality is not her strength anymore. So I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get sucked into this fairy tale stuff. I've seen a couple of her practice videos and I'm thinking... No, 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 no. Stop thinking like it's that. very no. easy to yeah. look good. Just a couple of shots. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay, now I'm going to stop that. I think I'm just tired at the moment. <laughs> but if we go into the next section, so we're going, we're going up. This going is up. a chunk. Okay. This is a chunk I wouldn't want to be in. It's Maria Sakkari. You're talking about, you know, where and if will she win a, a Grand Slam title? Simona Halep, recent winner in Canada. We've got Madison Keys in there. We've got Coco Goff, who's the world number one in doubles at the moment. We've got Caroline Garcia. She's a Masters winner. She won Cincy. And we've got Beatrice Haddad Meyer. This is a section, this is a quarter I would not want to be in. It's rough. I, you also forgot former champion Andrescu in there as well. One of the best. Oh, and Camilla Georgie's floating around in there too. Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. Well, it's tough to keep up, actually, isn't it, with this section? <laughs> yeah, Madison Keys. She just got a win yeah, over yeah. Sviontek. She's in yeah. there. Did you say her? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. Anyone else? Everyone's here. I think I've covered. I don't think I've covered everyone, but I think I've covered the big, big. Let's start. Okay, you've talked about Maria Sakkari. Uh, Coco Goff for me. You know, if I'm leaning towards picking someone to win the US Open, I might be leaning towards Coco Goff. I just think the way she holds herself, the way she's carrying herself, the way she's playing. But then I look at that quarter and I think. How on earth do you navigate your way through that? Well, it's one of those that if she comes through that section, she might be looking like the favourite, really. Yeah, I mean, Goff, it, you know, her time is close. It might not be this one, but it is not far away. Uh, she's building and oh, just so impressive how she's gone about things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Zachary is sort of there for her if she plays uh, to the right level. As I say, Madison Keys has been finding some fine form recently. He loves playing on the US hard courts, of course, former finalist. As I say, you've got the champ of Andrescu, but I don't think we have super high expectations of her um, in terms of how she's been playing. And Garcia, well, look, we, we remember the run that she had those years ago when she went all the way yeah, through yeah, to the yeah. WTA finals, stealing the place away from Johanna Contra at the last second, winning uh, Wuhan and Beijing back to back, which was pretty pretty mega. Um, and she, when she gets on a run, she is pretty unstoppable. She plays far up the court. She smothers her opponents. She just looks so in control. It's it's all about the mentality with somebody like Garcia. So I think she could cause some big upsets. I think she could take out some favourites. <laughs> There's plenty to pick from in this section. But when you start getting to quarterfinals and on, will that mentality catch up with her? Because that's really been her, her biggest issue, hasn't it? That she gets anxious, she gets nervous, and she can't play her best. She gets very, very tight, particularly on the serve. So I don't know. Haddad yeah, Meyer's yeah. been having a fabulous run of things. I don't expect yeah. her to come through that quarter, though. Um, Halep really has been good. really finding her level. I mean, you've got to like, you've, you've, I think you've got to pick Halep out of that quarter to come through because she has found her level again and, you know, she's got the experience. And it, yeah, I, I think you've got to pick her there, but could easily be a Goff or a Sakari. Still leaning towards Goff, but I think you're right, mentality-wise, and that's my question mark over Sakari. The big matches, the big moments, taking that final step to get to where she wants to be. I mean, Garcia came through a massive hurdle by winning Cincy, having to having to close out and stand for, and her serve looks so good. But will it be all too much? Will 
will fatigue set in? I don't know. Will she just carry on that crest of a wave? I want to see Andreescu back to top form. I don't think it's going to be here, but I really want her to get back because I, I love watching her play. Uh, I love Hallett, but Goff, uh, th- th- this is why I'm not even sure I'm going to give you a prediction at the end of this. Right, so now we're going third quarter. So second one down or third up, whichever way you want to go. Um, and we've got Paola Badosa, Victoria Azarenka, Carolina Pliskova, Valinda Vencic, the Wimbledon champion, Rabakina. We've got Sabalenka. We've got the unseeded Osaka. And we've got Emma Raducanu. So how are you feeling about this quarter? Well, there's a very, very mini section in there, just between the two seeds. That is really a lot of fun. Raducanu against Corne. Oh, I mean, I... Drama. My, Drama. Um, well, drama, yes. Less from ever, more from Elise. Tears? A few tears? <laughs> Cramping? <laughs> Who knows? We can get it all. Um, oh, I think that that is going to be a great match. That's what I think. I think it's going to be... Emma's playing much better. She's really starting to hit her stride. And I think it's going to be a good match. I I, I think Corne's probably just a little bit the favourite for that. But I... I don't okay. know. It's just also slightly annoying for Emma that, you know, Corne does love taking a big name and a big scalp. Like, she's very good at it. So you can't really rely on her getting nervous or tight. That's not happening. Um, you know, basically, Emma just has to win the match outright. You know, nothing else is going to bother Corne, the stage, none of it. Uh, in fact, it's probably going to help her. So it's a, there's a few things working against Emma in that match. But then... You know, just underneath her, the next seed is Danielle Collins in that section. And, you know, we're big Collins fans over yeah, here yeah. on Tennis Podcast. Taking on Naomi Osaka in the first round. I mean, probably the two most popcorn first round matches are in the very same mini, mini section. And the winners of those matches could potentially meet in round three. Yeah, I was sort of eyeing up some notable first-round matches. You've got to put Serena Williams in there. Every match will be notable while she stays in. And the other ones were Saka against Connors Raducanu, Corne. And I, I popped Williams against Van Oakvank in there just for sort of good measure because I'm imagining this is the last time we'll see Venus Williams at the US Open, but she hasn't made any any form of announcement. But yet, no, Corne, Halep in Australia, Ostapenko at Roland Garros, Shiontek at Wimbledon. She says this might be her last year. Um, and as you say, she loves this kind of stage. She she will milk it. She will drag it out. She will frustrate. But again, what I really admire about Raducanu is how she handles situations and stages. She too likes a big stage. We saw that at the US Open. I really liked how she handled herself in her recent matchup against Serena Williams. No, the level of Serena Williams tele- tennis wasn't anywhere near there. But Raducanu still had to handle the situation. And I think she handled it really well. But then Corne, it's a whole it's a whole different bag of things you've got to deal with. So who are you calling for those two matches then? Raducanu against Corne and Osaka against Collins. Who are your picks for those two? I'm going to go Osaka. I'm thinking the last time Osaka lost first round in the two lead-up event, she went on and won it. (laughs) So I still don't know how far the Osaka head is into tennis or how much he's absolutely enjoying it. But what we do know is she loves these courts. She's won this before. She's still got that that fighter in here she still wants to win she's still out there playing it must be for a reason so I'm and and Colin's form hasn't you know so I'm going to Saka in that one the Raducanu corner one is really really tough to call and I don't want to call it um okay I'll go I think there'll be a lot of drama from corner but I think Raducanu is going to come through that for you okay so I think we're we're opposite then I think Corne might just nick it I think it's going to be a fabulous match though I think it's going to be a really really high level yeah and I think that uh, Collins is going to win her match really really okay well that's good it's nice that we're (laughs) wow we've got 
we've got complete opposite on this. Um, and then into the top quarter, we've got Iga Sviantek and a lot of talk about balls. She doesn't like the balls. Can't find the balls. Doesn't can't like the play balls. with the balls. Can't get used to the balls. And she's been talking a lot about the balls. We've got Ostapenko in there. We've got Muguruza. I mean, you can throw more names if you find it. We've got the newly engaged Petrovic. got engaged in a happy place, she said, Wimbledon. We've got Jessica Pagula. Oh, Pagula. I want to chat about her. We've got Sophia Kennan. She's she got a wild card in, but we're still going to talk about her because she's Grand Slam champion, had won Australia. And Sloane Stevens is in there. Who knows what Sloane Stevens is going to give you? So what about that so this is the very top top chunk of the this women's draw is uh, a lovely section i mean they all are to be honest um yeah. but i will just flag uh, an upset alert which is okay. Garbina Muguruza ninth mm. seed yeah it's not unusual that she's on upset alert but she is because she's playing Clara Torsen the danish big hitter and i mean look for clara if she plays well, I think she'll win that match. I just don't okay. think there's any two ways about it. But it's, it's you know, she's a little bit hit and miss at the moment with what she delivers on the court. But poh, when she's on fire, she's outrageous. So that could be um, a lot of fun. But I'll call that one as my uh, my big upset flag. Look, ultimately, I think that Sviontek is the, the favourite for the title. I know that there has been just a little bit of the shine taken off her reign recently because she has lost some matches. But if we look at who she's lost to, okay, the Sviontek loss at Wimbledon against Cornet was, yep. was, was one thing. And we remember watching that and, you know, she wasn't at her best. Mm. But then since then, she lost Caroline Garcia, who's basically, she's playing top 10 level tennis again and is playing phenomenally well. And then she lost to Harad Meyer, who's had an outrageous summer. Outrageous. And that was in... Uh, uh, three tight sets. I was in Toronto. And then lost to Maddie Keys, who's a big striker, loves playing in the US hard court. So, you know, the, I know that she wasn't losing to anyone before, um, but I do think that these are players. And when actually, like, in watching those matches, yes, Shontek wasn't quite her overwhelming best, but I don't think she was that far away. I still think she's favourite to win the title. Um, do I think but she will? You, Probably not. But, but, but where do you sit with the balls and the problem she's having with the balls and saying that she can't find them, they're different, they're lighter, she can't get a feel for them? Because if if everything she's saying is true, and I believe her because she's someone who really just says it how it is, then surely if she's ha- she's talking about having these problems, that'll be a little bit in, in her mind that she doesn't like them and she can't... I, I don't think she's playing a game. I don't think she's telling everyone, I don't like the balls and she's going to go and crush it. I think, I think she is. Oh, you do? I think she is. She's learned from her idol Rafael Nadal who she's been playing doubles with the last uh, last 24 hours in the uh, the charity match uh, out in New York and Nadal always says he comes into the tournament saying I can't walk I have no expectations and then he wins the tournament that's just what he does and she's learning from that she's taking the pressure off herself you know she's been number one she has had to deal with the pressure she's dealt phenomenally well but I think that has taken its toll and the best way to take the pressure off is to say guys this one doesn't suit me Okay, I'm just letting you know it doesn't suit me. I'm probably not going to win. So look at somebody else. That's what she's doing. She can play with these balls. They're a little bit lighter. They're a bit zippier. I get it. But, you know, she doesn't have a game style like um, like Ash Barty does, for example. Lots of chopping backhand slice. Ash Barty needs the weight of the ball to sink into the court. You know, the soft courts or the grass courts. You know, that's what she needs. And it is hard, the combination of the obviously the hard court that we've got in New York and the lighter 
balls that do zip through. But hey, look at the tennis we had last year from Raducanu and Fernandez in the final. Anybody who blasts the ball with really fast racket head speed is very, very good at the US <laughs> Open. It is a rapid surface. The balls are very quick. It takes you a little bit of time to adjust. They have been playing with a consistent ball in the past few weeks. I, I, I Honestly, she's fine. Oh, wow. So I've been sucked in by Svantec. That kind of, that sort of little smile and said, oh my God, I've been sucked in then. You're telling me that it's all a kind of take the pressure off, don't like the balls, don't look at me. Yeah, she's like, oh, I've never done well at this tournament before. I've never won it. I've never been in the final. And, you know, she's had the whole year dealing with ridiculous pressure. And this is the one, because, you know, she couldn't really take the pressure off at Wimbledon because everyone was like, ah, Looks like you're probably going to win Wimbledon (laughs) and it it suits her game. But, you know, here she can say, look, guys, I've lost a few matches. I don't like the balls. You know, leave me alone. It's fine. Let me get on with it. So I I think she's absolutely fine. Do I think she's going to win? You know, it's probably going to be somebody else because, as you say, it is a lot more open than we've had in the last uh, in the last couple. Um, So but I still think she's the favourite going in because you have to have a favourite. It's tough to pick somebody outside of that. But, um, yeah, I don't think she'll be my winner. What about Jessica Pagula for you? She's just quietly gone about her business, risen up the rankings. She's got an excellent game. She's got an excellent mentality. She recently um, beat Emma Raducanu in the build-up. What about Pagula for you? Again, can we call someone in the top 10 a dark horse? I think you probably could in Jessica Pagula's case. You'll probably say not. But what about her quietly and smoothly making her way deep? Yeah, no, she's not a dark horse. But um, I think that uh, she's in with a really good chance is Pagula. Again, somebody incredibly impressive with what the, what she's been able to achieve. But, you know, really, it just comes down to what people are going to deliver on the day, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you could sort of pick anyone over anyone. As you say, there isn't sort of a standout top two or three. Um You've got the resurgence of Garcia. She's here as a 17th seed, but she's playing far above that. I know she's not in this section. As you say, Pagula has been phenomenally consistent throughout the past 12 months. So can I see her winning the whole thing? I mean, sure. Like, it's not impossible. Of course not. But there is a, I genuinely think there's about 20 people that we think could win this. You've got to remember, in that top section, Sophia Kennan's here. Grand Slam champ. She's unseeded. She's in as a wild card because, of course, she hasn't played. Again, we're not expecting too much from her. But, um, you know, the experience, big names, you never know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, time to get stuck in to the men. And I guess what well, we've already talked about the fact that Novak Djokovic isn't going to be here. But one of the headlines is that five players could be number one because we've got Medvedev points that have dropped off. So that puts Nadal in pole position. But then you've got Sitspas, Alcaraz and Rude. I can't believe I'm talking about Alcaraz possibly ending the two weeks of world number one. I know they've, you know, they've got to pretty much get to the final or win it, whatever. But to have five players in the running to be number one at the end of the US Open. It's phenomenal, isn't it? This is the uh, power vacuum we were uh, waiting for. We thought that this would come post 
Djokovic, but because of uh, Djokovic's choices, uh, it's coming really in the middle of Djokovic's reign. As in, Djokovic is the best player in the world, um, I think, yeah. fairly significantly. Um, just isn't playing half the Grand Slams. Uh, and the one that he did play, he didn't get any points for. So <laughs> effectively, <laughs> he has one Grand Slam going towards his ranking at the moment. Um, and then I suppose you've got Nadal, who is, of course, I would say he is the second best player in the world overall. It's very weird to say that, isn't it, really, about Nadal? Um, yeah. And uh, he's actually got he's got more Grand Slams, more Grand Slam points than Djokovic has, because obviously both of his counted this year. Um, but anyway, it's it, it's it's a bit strange that yes, a bunch of people could be world number one when those two really are far and away much, much better than other people. Of course, Nadal has got his um, his injury struggles and it's not like he's playing week in, week out uh, all the time on, on the circuit. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating one, as I say. But it's still, it's the race for number one. You can't take it away from them. Medvedev's been number one. Um, and so it would be interesting if it was just somebody, as you say, like an Alcaraz and you're like, because it would be weird, wouldn't it? Like we so know weird. that Alcaraz has done incredibly well, but he's not the best player in the world. I know that... Zverev said, oh, he's playing the best tennis right now. But like that's for a, a short space of time. You have yeah, to play the best tennis for 12 would... months to get there. So it's just odd because if you, in your mind, just went through the best tennis players in the world, Alcaraz, you could possibly put him in at number three. But then you feel this a bit harsh on Medvedev because he didn't get to play at Wimbledon when, you know, and that's sort of why we're maybe putting him down because he, you know, in recent times he hasn't played as much because he didn't play in that slam i don't know it's just it's strange isn't it it's just a bit bit bizarre it it is it it is a bit bizarre i I think we're going to go from the bottom up again and i hope i i never come across as distraction i mentioned i'm in i'm in a hotel because i'm working in manchester this week i'm sitting at the desk of this hotel room and they've got a menu in front of me and on front of it's a big fry up so a big fried breakfast like eggs bacon sausages and I'm, I'm just, I'm just staring at it. And I, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously talking to you, but I keep staring at this sort of plate of food, and it looks really nice. Go I'm not going to have it. Yeah. No, I'm not. I've done. My, I'm not going to have it. I'm, you know what? I'm going to turn it round. Hang on. Oh no! Look on the back. I've got fish and chips. I'm going to put it on the floor because it's, it's actually causing me. <laughs> Throw it out the window. Me, I've just been for a run. It's morning. I'm hungry, and that's not helping. Back to the drawer. At the bottom, Nadal is the second seed. Nadal, and back to the back to the number one thing. That yeah. would be the only outcome that would not be a bit weird. You know, like if Nadal was world number one, you get think it. Medvedev, it wouldn't be weird either. Well, because he's been number one yeah. recently, and, 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 and he's earned it. He's worked hard. He, he has a Grand Slam. It, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be weird for me. But he wouldn't Med- have a Grand Slam after this Grand Slam. Well, he would if he wins the U.S. Open. Oh, right. That's what you're saying. Sorry. Yes. If he defends, if he defends <laughs> yes. his title. Sorry, I was thinking, well, his grand slam's gone. Um, yes, that is absolutely a possibility. It so shows where my head's at, not thinking was, he's going to win. It's because I just, I just showed you that thing about the food, you see. I've, I've done us all in with that. Um, I think I think those, I think for me, and even Sitzpass, well, it'd be weird, but not. But I think Rude it'd or Alcaraz. It'd be weird if Sitzpass was world number one. Well, it would be weird. He's not been not, in the final. But not, not as weird as if Alcaraz or Rude became number one. I mean, if Rude came, became number one, that is just like, I mean, I love Rude and I think no, he's fabulous. Rude. And yeah. I think that people who, you but know, weird. do him it down as weird. a clay court and all that sort of stuff, I think he's fabulous. But if he became world number one. Oh, no, he weird. I just, it would be it, so weird. It, it would. It, so, I mean, can he, so can he only become world number one if he wins? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, with with Alcaraz and Rude, it, it's not straightforward, and I don't think it's. I, I was having I was having a look at all the permutations yesterday, and and the key thing here for people thinking, well, how on earth is this going to play out? Is that it's in Nadal's hands, so it, it's it's in his. I think Rude, if he needs the final at least, if he loses the final, but not against Medvedev, Sitspas, or Alcaraz, and Nadal does not reach the quarterfinals, he'll be number one. If he wins the final, not against Nadal, he's number one. I mean, I could run you through all these, but you, you, I mean, honestly, you're, it, it's it's so confusing. But uh, Sitsipas, Alcaraz, and Rude need at least the final. Medvedev needs at least the final. Nadal is in pole position, and, and as we, you know, he's looking to win three of the four Grand Slams this year, which feels crazy in itself. We'll go back to number one. He controls his own destiny. He's looking for Grand Slam title number twenty-three. He's looking for what a fifth fifth US Open title it, it, it's just you know and, and he's got a fairly he starts against start against a wild card he, he's got a he's got a nice way into the tournament but in that chunk in his chunk seeds and you might pick out some other people in there but I'm just giving you the seeds here we've got Cameron Norrie Denis Shapovalov who's working again with Mikhail Eugenie would you believe he's apparently it's uh, it, uh, Peter Polanski's still with him but Mikhail usually is, is trialling with him again. I don't know why you'd need a trial again if you've already worked with someone, but they're, they're trialling again. Um, Andre Rublev, I'm, I'm a bit like Rublev with you with Zachary. When? How? Surely it must, but I don't know mentally. Uh, Diego Schwartzman, Francis Tiafo, and I can also throw in Fabio Faninian and Richard Gasquet for good measure. Yeah, and look, Nadal in that section, as long as he's fit, and healthy and can play is surely coming through. I think the main threat is probably Francis Tiafo. Out of that, okay. I, I think not Norrie. What about Cam I, Norrie? I don't think it's a brilliant matchup against Norrie. Um, mm. I, I just don't think Nadal's as bothered. I mean, Nadal's a lefty as well. It, there's a little bit of neutralising of the Norrie game that goes on. Look, if if Nadal's not at his best or if he's tired or if he's injured, then of course Cam could beat him. Cam's just playing phenomenally well. Here is the seventh seed, Cameron Norrie. It's but amazing, isn't it? I just, yeah, I just think Nadal, as I say, as long as he's fit and healthy and he's playing, you know, eyes on the prize, um, look, I think he's he's probably favourite for the, for the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, but I think out of this section, I don't think there are a huge amount of threats, I must say. That's that's my thing. Okay. Do you disagree? No, no. I, I would I would agree with you. I mean, I just Cam Norrie, as you say, I think match up wise, Nadal's got it as long as he's fit and healthy. Shapovalov hasn't been at his best for a bit now. Rublev, I wonder mentally when he gets into those big matches, big situations, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I would agree. Out of that quarter, you go a, a quarter up. So this is the top half of the bottom half. I think I'm making this really confusing. <laughs> and there we find Carlos Alcaraz, who can be number one with all these, but he needs to reach at least the final. You've also got Hubert Hercatch, Yannick Sinner. I feel like we're not really talking about Sinner at the moment. I'm not sure why. Marin Cilic, Dan Evans, and Cincinnati champion. What a story this is. Borna Charic. Yeah, so great to see Borna doing uh, so well. Uh, and, you know, after everything he's been through, it was uh, yeah, a bit of a tough road back uh, for sure. Took a took some time but yeah that's a really fascinating section tough to call that I think Alcaraz is the favorite he is the third seed I think the courts suit him we saw him play phenomenally well at US Open last year he's a much much better player this year um he should have too much for everybody in that section um 
Yeah, but I don't know, you've got Chilich, Sinner, Dimitrov. I mean, you've got to be careful about Dimitrov. You never know, especially at the US Open. He really can, uh, can uh, could come alive. But yeah, I just, I can't really see past Alcaraz. I think that it's great what, what Chorich has done. But yeah, I mean, Evans is playing very well again as well. So yeah, but Alcaraz, it feels like this is his section. It is his section oh, on paper. Are we not talking about Sinner as much at the moment? Is there a nah. reason things have gone a little bit quiet with Sinner at the moment? Nah, I mean, yeah. He, well, because he, he changed his team, his entire team. Yep. And it did take some adjusting. It, it wasn't yeah. sort of like just off and running. It took some time. He, he, he is now finding his form better. But yeah, he, basically he hasn't continued the trajectory. If you think like Alcaraz has been catapulted up and he's still flying. Like we don't know when he's going to start dropping down. But he's still currently, you know, flying up and forwards. And as you were saying, could end up at number one in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, whereas for Sinner, he had that catapult, but he has sort of, you know, he's plateaued out a little bit and he's had to refine himself, which is absolutely fine. That's what happens to everybody, yeah. really. Uh, it, it will come, there will come a point for Alcaraz as well. It, we just don't know when that will happen. For some people, it happens when they're ranked 50. Some people, it happens, you know, when they get to the top 10, you know, Sinner pretty much around the top 10. Um, everybody has sticking points that they need to overcome, develop, figure out the next level, and then they can keep pushing forward. I have no doubt Sinner will keep pushing forward. He's a phenomenal young talent. But yeah, he's he's in the figuring things out stage at the moment. So I don't see him coming through that section. So the bottom half of the top half, we've got a couple of players in here that could be number one, but again, they have to reach the final. And Stefano sits past it. It always, I have to remind myself, he's never been to the second week of the US Open. I'm just, I'm always assuming he's he's deep in, in there and thereabouts. He, he would have to crack that if he wants to stand any chance. We've also it's too got- quick for him. Like you know, it's the the, the pace of the court is rapid. It's pretty much one of the fastest. Well, as long as it's what it was last year, we wait to see. Uh, I haven't been paying too much attention to the qualifying event at the moment, so I can't confirm it. But um, last year, it was genuinely one of the fastest surfaces of the entire year. It was phenomenally quick. So, how does he adapt to that, or does he never adapt to that? Uh, no, I mean he can do, but just at the moment, he, I mean, he can't do it just right now. Um, you know, he has quite flamboyant swings. He's got a lot to get to. He likes the time of the clay. He he, he likes time. You don't get any time in New York. That's <laughs> just just how it is. No, it's so expected. until he doesn't need the time, um, then Wimbledon and New York are, are going to be a bit of a struggle for him. On and off the court, it, it's it's pretty hectic, isn't it? The US Open. We've also got Casper Ruud in there. So you've got your two fellas that. If they get to the final, they've got a chance. We've got Andy Murray in there. Matteo Berrettini we've got in there, who was on that wonderful run. Then COVID sort of scuppered him around Wimbledon. We've got Taylor Fritz. We talked a lot about him recently. Stan Wawrinka. I'm just putting Stan Wawrinka in there as a, as a former Grand Slam champion. Tommy Paul, I'm going to throw that name in. And and just for British listeners, Kyle Edmund. He's got Casper Ruud, but isn't it good to see Kyle Edmund back fit, healthy and on the tour? Yeah, so nice to see Carl back. That big forehand, genuinely one of the biggest around uh, when he was at his best. My pick is Berrettini, really, to come through that section. Um, How did I I know that? Just, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, he likes the fast surfaces. He likes grass in the US Open. Those are, you know, he's probably his two best uh, slams. And 
yeah, I predict him coming through. I think he'll probably beat Sitsipas if he plays him. Oh, also, you've got Davidovich Rakina in there. Love Davidovich Rakina. I don't think he's coming through that section, but I'm going to be watching his matches. I can tell you that for free. And um, and Casper Ruud. So for me, it's going to be Berrettini, Ruud, possibly Fritz coming through that quarter. But Andy Murray against 24th seed Francisco Sundulo. How good or not a draw is that for Murray in the first round? I mean, it's decent as far as a seed goes. You know, Sarundolo is 24th seed. So as far as a seed goes, it's, it's fairly decent. You know, the, these, this sort of surface doesn't hugely suit him. But yeah, it's not a brilliant draw. There are plenty of unseeded players that I think Andy would be the heavy favourite for. I would tip Andy in favour of this match. I think he is just about the favourite. Um, but no, it's it's not. It could have been a lot kinder, the draw, but it could have been a lot worse. So you know, sort of a sort of a mid-range thing, but it is the 24th seed, so it's tough. And at the very top of the draw, we've got defending champion Daniel Medvedev. We've talked about the fact, if we know the reasons why he didn't play at Wimbledon. He's looking to go back to, to being world number one. We've got Nick Kyrgios in there. We have to we have to mention Pablo Crenobusta, Masters winner, taking on Dominic Team, former US Open champion, Karen Hashanov in there. And we've got Felix Oje Aliassime. So how would Daniel Medvedev be looking at his little quarter of the draw? Well, I think everybody's going to be looking just a little bit lower than him to the popcorn uh, opening match of Kyrgios Kokinakis, of course, best buddies. And I think that's just going to be an awful lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of laughing. It's going to feel like an exhibition match. I assume Kyrgios <laughs> is going to come out on top of that. But you know what I mean? I mean? They're not going to be taking it that seriously, are they? I think Kokinakis is going to sort of feel like I'm probably going to lose this match and they're going to have a whale of a time. So if you've got tickets to that one, I think you're in for a real treat maybe not the most competitive of tennis but <laughs> i think you could have have good fun um yeah i mean medvedev's coming through that section isn't he i mean yeah i mean possibly kyrgios but it's still so difficult to know what's happening with kyrgios um but that would be great it would be nice to see the kyrgios medvedev uh, that'll be a round four match last 16 um but yeah it's medvedev section he is the top seed rightly so and uh, yeah, I think that uh, he'll be coming through there, making his way into the semi-finals. I think possibly Kyrgios, but can't see anyone else. In some notable first-round matches, I had the uh, the Murray match. I've got Alcaraz against Sebastian Baez. I had Diego Schwartzman against Jack Sock. Kyrgios against Kokinakis. I also had Pablo Crane Busta against Dominic team I mean on paper it's quite heavyweight but but team obviously still on that long road back and Pablo Crane Busta now has that confidence and that belief being a Masters winner yeah and you know he's going to play really solidly well team's probably going to have to play better than he's been playing recently I think to win that match but it's a really good test for him because team has been improving he has been slowly working his level up uh, which is good to see but I think PCB, as you say, Masters champion, he's operating at a very high level. He's a 12th seed here. He's going to really pick apart that forehand. Uh, and I, th- I see him coming out on top of that one. But I think that for team, it's a really great opportunity to get stuck into a real quality player who's just going to be so incredibly solid and see how his forehand holds up because that's been the big problem. He's had to change the swing uh, and what he's doing with the forehand. And it's it's hard for him. So, yeah, I think... If he can hold up at least competitively with Karina Busson, that's going to be really, really positive. But can't see him winning that. Very exciting. It's nearly upon us. Um, I I fly out tomorrow night, or by the time people listen 
to this I'm Already There. I'm very excited. I haven't been back since the pandemic. Not looking forward to the media bus. Does anyone look forward to the media bus? Because it can take you 45 minutes to maybe two and a half hours. But it's worth Mm. it when you get there. If there's a 24-hour chemist that you love, the CVS that you know I love going to, and I'll be mooching around when we come back from a night session. There's all these stories that that can unfold. We're both going to be covering it and we're going to be watching it ever so closely. Uh, I put it off for as long as possible because I know you have to get on set. Oh, I love that. It's definitely a movie. I gotta um, go. I gotta go. Predictions. We've got we, predictions. There's no time. Uh, predictions. <laughs> we, we've got to do it, despite the fact I don't want to give them. And and you're okay. going first. What? <laughs> yes, hundred percent. You're going okay. first. No, I'll do one first. Oh, come on. I'll okay. do my no, men- what, what what were we oh. predicting? Just the winner. Yes. Uh, do you want to do the final? No, just the winner. Do you okay. Oh. okay. Well, uh, well, straightforward for me then. Uh, Matteo Berrettini. He's winning. That's really? It. Done. Whole thing. Really? Done. No, not happening. Um, <laughs> I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to say... Oh, I, oh God. I'm going to It's but it's, I think the final is going to be Medvedev Nadal. And I think Medvedev wins it. Oh, I'm not sure where go. that came from. Defense. Okay. Um, I women. I yeah. Uh, I'm very close to not giving a prediction because God, can you go first, please? No, no, I can't, did the please. Men. I haven't. No, you went easy. You went easy with the what, men. What, I, I, I genuinely easy. think Berrettini. You picked the top yeah. seed. You didn't even try with the men. You said it was going to be a one-two final and the one's going to win. You already said... Oh, wow, I didn't... Not a chance. So you already said in the women that Iga Svantec... If you don't give give me a winner, then I'm going to assign you Serena Williams. Uh, No, I'm not... uh, uh, No. And the people are going, what do you mean you don't want her? I just... It's not I don't want her. You were uh, saying you were leaning Coco Goff. Yeah, but look at that section she's in. I know you've got yeah. to beat the best to be the best. And I know everyone's going to be saying that. Look, well, you, you said, didn't have to I, last year. So. I don't. <laughs> Sometimes you don't have to, though. Sometimes you don't have to. I don't know if you're going to stick to Shantek because you said she's got to be the favourite. I don't think it should be Shantek. OK, the two, my two I'm, I'm sticking between, they're both in the same section, so it doesn't help me, is Osaka. Uh, I've just got this thing about these courts and I don't think you can necessarily look at previous form or run up form for Osaka because she's got it and she can do it and and mentally she's got it as well. And then there's Goff. I don't know whether it's just because I want this to be Goff's time now because I just love everything about Coco Goff and it's all coming together. But maybe you're right. uh, Maybe you're right. And it's just it's just a little bit too soon. So uh, I can have two. Go on then. I'll have Goff and Osaka. I can't, okay. I can't choose between. I can't, they're the same section, so one's going to knock the other one out, or something like that. But I'm going to. I cannot. I'll have one of those two. Okay, fine. Right. Okay, right. and you? I'll, I'll allow it. Which is. Uh, which well, you could see. You could see the pain I'm I was going through. as well. Only because okay, I'm struggling. Good. Oh, so does that mean you're having two? Two. Well, two, two. I'm leaning towards golf. Oh, are you? Yes. Uh, surprisingly come on Penko let's go 16th seed Um, leaning towards Goff um, very interested in what Fernandez is going to be able to produce I would just put out a little little shout out I can't call her a dark horse because by my rules if you're seeded you're not a dark horse but the 20th seed Maddie Keys I know I know but I you know potentially but look as you said earlier it is wide open. Siontex, for me, she's the favourite. If she plays at her very high level, she wins this tournament, I think. Um, 
But it's Hang an on. if now, isn't it? So you I don't know. You, you haven't given me a prediction. You've but that's really waffly. That's really waffly. That's, at least I gave you two definite I can't remember who names. I was saying. You, 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 you lent towards golf. You moved towards keys. You give a shout out here. You okay. mentioned You've the world had two. Number one. Can I have two? You can have two. But okay. you've got to give firm right. twos, not waffly Fine. twos. Like firm Sviantec twos. and keys. They're my two Shunk, picks. Shuntek and Keys. Okay, one of lovely. them is going to win. Right, I, it's concrete. Excellent. <laughs> right, con- well, in in a, in a week's time or so, when when they're all out, or hopefully some of them are still in, we will reassess. Um, okay. But very much like you look, you've got to go on set. I've got to keep avoiding this food that keeps looking at me and get packed up. Um, and remember everything I've got to take tomorrow. But um, yeah, I look forward to being there. We look forward to covering it. And we will reconvene in about a week. Yeah. Good luck. Have a have a nice trip. Enjoy New York. Enjoy the movie set. Bye.